Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. It's that time again. I am back from Belize. You know, the last episode, when you probably heard the last episode, I usually try to record them a week or two in advance. I was probably in Belize last Friday, sailing across the ocean with some good friends of mine, Katie and Chris Camistos, uh, local podcasters, friends of mine as well. And of course, my wife, Jill, we were sailing across the ocean blue, having a great old time. But this week, I've got something very different for you. I'm going to talk about this week what I learned in Belize because I got to tell you, trip was amazing, but everybody's asking me, how was Belize? I'm going to tell you in this show, but I'm going to tell you from what I've learned as well, because I did come away with a lot of life lessons, a lot of professional lessons, you know, a little bit about Chris and Katie. Katie is the host of Biz Women Rock uh, podcast. She has a entire business that is dedicated to helping female entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, women business owners be more successful, take their business to the next level. She is in her own right, a powerhouse. This woman is somebody I look up to a huge fan of her podcast of everything she does. She is actually the person that inspired me to do my start my Facebook group. And if you go on the biz women rock, look up biz women rock on Facebook, connect with Katie Kremistos. She's got an awesome little course on uh, how to build a Facebook group. So Ladies and gentlemen, I'm always telling you about, you know, build your brand, talk to more people, get things going, reach out to Katie on uh, Facebook, just search biz, the word B-I-Z, women rock, biz women rock, ladies, uh, you especially, and go ahead and search that. And if you're interested in doing a Facebook group, definitely take her course. She's got a course out there that's real cheap, a couple hundred bucks, well worth it, well worth it. But anyway... And then Chris Kermistos, how could I forget Chris? He's one of the people that pushed me to do the Cashflow Guys podcast. I was not the type of person you would imagine pick up a microphone and start talking. I know some of you are like, no way, man. <laughs> we couldn't imagine that. Of course, you get a big mouth. We can't imagine you being quiet. Well, truth be told, folks, that was not something I thought I would ever do. So Chris was one of the people that talked me into it. I almost went on an investor's cruise. I almost went on the summit at sea with the real estate guys a couple of years ago and i wound up going to podfest instead i was told by some of the people that work with chris that i should really think about going to podfest that it may change my business completely and boy was that an understatement it sure did change my business but he is one of the people that inspired the cash flow guys podcast he's probably the person that inspired it and pushed me the most so shout out to chris Kremistos. anyway for those of you that don't know, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the show before, but I'm not a huge fan of air travel. I'm not a big flyer. I used to be. I didn't 
There was a time I flew all across the country, all across the world, never thought twice about it. I used to love to fly, but, you know, after September 11th and planes crashing into buildings and things like that, I, I've lost my taste for it, so to speak. Need to get it back because I do travel a lot for work. I'm flying around the country looking at different apartment deals, looking at going to mastermind sessions, speaking engagements, things like that. I got to get over it. I get it, but I'm not a fan of it. Okay, so I don't have to love it, but I'll do it, but I don't have to love it. So digging deep, I usually take an antihistamine before I fly. I'm not a fan of flying. I'm afraid of it, but I do it anyway. So took my antihistamines, got on the plane. Those kind of chill me out, usually make me fall asleep. Uh, those that are around me really appreciate that. I remember coming back from Puerto Rico when I was there for the filming of the uh, Messengers documentary. We got into some hellacious turbulence coming back from Puerto Rico. And fortunately, I was well sedated and I just was passed out through most of it. So although I remember being bumpy, I don't remember being in much of a panic anyway. But let's talk about fear. And, and I think I read a lot of self-help books and I, I listen to a lot of self-help type podcasts that have to do with, you know, a little bit about real estate investing, a little bit about entrepreneurship. Those things interest me, obviously. So I get over it. I get on the plane. I do my thing. Coming to Belize, I got to tell you. So I had to fly from Tampa to Miami and then get off the plane and get on a different plane and go from Miami to Belize City and then get off the plane in Belize City, walk across the runway, no kidding, and then literally get in this little crop duster plane. So it holds, I don't know, 12 passengers, something like that. Propeller plane, one of the propellers on the side, not a jet. So that's fine. I'm, I'm, I just want to see the blue ocean and have a good time. I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll, I'll put on my big boy pants and, and make it happen. So I get on the little plane. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I took some pictures of it. And uh, I'll post them on Facebook. If you guys are members of the Facebook community, I'll post those. Or if you friended me on Facebook, you can see those. Or I'll put them in the uh, Cashflow Guys community. But anyway, I get on this little plane, and I'm just kind of like, oh, geez, here we go. So we take off, and that's fine. And we're, you know, sailing over the treetops, and I can see the ocean, and we're flying over the ocean. That's all great. And I'm kind of thinking, you know, this is how I think Led Zeppelin crashed and burned, and Buddy Holly, and good thing I'm not a rock and roll star, I guess. You know, I don't. I just don't want to crash today. And I'm looking down going, well, let's see. I remember when I was in the oil patch and I'm working out in the Gulf of Mexico and I took these helicopter evasion classes in case the helicopters crash. They teach you how to get out from underneath them. And I'm thinking of all that. It's going through my head. And I'm going, what am I panicking about? Really, what the heck am I panicking about? Here's a dude that's in charge of the plane. He's a licensed pilot. He's obviously good at what he's doing or the airline wouldn't put him in an airplane. So I need to quit being a little bitch and, and just shut up and relax and enjoy the ride. So that's what I decided to do. And literally, guys, this is like a 15-minute flight. This is, you know, my extent of my panic. And some of you are probably going, no way. Tyler's like freaked out about a 15-minute flight. Well, they told me it was 30 minutes. At 15, I see that we're losing altitude and and that's my way of saying it which really meant we were getting ready to land uh, a plan a scheduled landing so that's cool we land uneventful touchdown it's great i unbuckle my seatbelt. playing you know turns around by this little dinghy airport that's literally about the size of my office and i'm thinking oh geez great it's over with now i can get to the tiki bar and have a beer and this would be great nope that was a stop we actually stopped that little plane to let one person off 
kid you, <laughs> kid you not. Just thinking about it makes me laugh. So here I am all, hey, man, this is awesome. The flight's over with. Now I can focus on vacation. Nope, 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 nope. We're going to go ahead and take off again, Tyler. We're going to jump up in the plane again, and we're going to get up in the air and do this all over again. Lovely. So now I'm thinking to myself, I don't recall seeing anything about there being a stop on this agenda. So we're out here in the jungle, be bopping up and down the coastline. I wonder how many times we're going to do this takeoff and landing thing, because I don't know how much of this I can take. So luckily, the next stop was a little town called Placencia, which is where we our final destination. We got off the plane. I survived. Believe it or not, I'm not dead. Thank God. But here's what I learned from that little experience, that really what my fear is, is that I don't know how to fly. See, I'm afraid of the unknown. I fear what I don't understand. I don't understand how a chunk of metal can fly through the air pushed by a propeller and a little engine. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand what makes them take off. I mean, I've done flight simulator, but that doesn't really mean I understand it. So, number one, I don't have any control over what's going on. That freaks me out. Okay, there I said it. I don't have any control over what's going on. Think about this, investors. How does this parallel every day trying to be a real estate investor? You don't know what to expect. So you're afraid and when you're afraid it makes you not take action okay and don't make a mistake every time i go to an airport i think of ways that i don't have to fly when i got off the plane that day in placencia belize i was thinking well i wonder how long it would take me to get a cab back to belize city airport so i could avoid these little planes again i fear that which i don't completely understand i'm human just like anybody else so Yes, it happens to me too, but here's the difference. I got on the plane, and I got on the plane again on the way home. So although I fear these things, I just put on my big boy pants, and I got it, got through it. And some of you are probably still laughing, and that's okay, because I'm laughing too. But I'm illustrating this because I want you to understand that I have fears too, and everybody does. And it's okay to have those fears, but we just can't let those fears cripple us, okay? They just can't cripple us, and, and I love to travel. Traveling is like my favorite thing ever. If I could figure out a way to just travel all the time, I think that would be awesome. I, I think that would be so cool, and I'm, I'm working on it. I do some speaking engagements and whatnot. I'm going to just travel a lot more and get out and see the world because I love seeing different places. So, folks, when you're, you're scared about investing, and, and I was too, and frankly, I am a little concerned every time I sign a mortgage document or a contract or whatnot, and we close on a property, I think to myself, well, this could be the deal that breaks me. But here's the thing. Those thoughts have subsided as I do more deals because now I know what I'm doing. I'm completely confident that no matter what is thrown at me, I have a solution to whatever problem there is. And if I don't, my team does. And see, that's the thing, guys. Fear is completely normal. But if you're doing good, honest business, if you're being honest with people, if you're doing things the right way, and by being the right way, I mean just being forthright and, and, and honest with people, not being in a huge rush, but taking action, understanding that we cannot control the outcome every single time. If I was up in the air and that airplane decided it was going to take a dive or the pilot decided to scratch his nose and we crash, well, I don't know how to fly a plane. I don't know how to land a plane, even though I've done flight simulator, pretty good chance I'd probably screwed up. But um, regardless, I get in the airplane. 
okay, and I do the flight. And at the end of the day, I realize if I didn't get on the plane, that would be silly. That would be ridiculous. So we we got to get past that. We got to take the the ask ourselves the question: What's the worst that can happen? Okay, I get on the plane, it can crash. But a lot of people walk away from airplane crashes, and if the plane did crash, I might not even get hurt because that happens all the time too. That one plane landed in the Hudson River. Nobody got injured. I mean, get out of Dodge. That's crazy. It happens all the time. That was a big jet. So I can survive. I might get a bump on the head. Who knows? I mean, the same thing could happen. I could have a big oak tree over my office. I could walk outside of my office and a big limb could fall and kill me dead. doesn't mean I'm not going to come to work and talk to you fine folks. So the bottom line is, folks, I know the fear is there, but I need you to just understand that don't, you can't let it cripple you. you got to take a little step forward. Go ahead and write that offer. Make that offer. And I know that a lot of us probably fear, when I say this, you're going to think, oh, yeah, that's me. You fear that your offer might get accepted, and then you're going to have to perform. Oh, my God, I wrote an offer. I said, I'm going to give this guy $100,000 cash, and guess what? He accepted it. Here's the problem. I am 99000 $900 shy of having the $99,000 cash. So that comes back to the process before writing the offer. Sit down with a decision maker and have a conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, be honest with them of what you can do. If you're going to assign the contract, explain that honestly and ethically so everybody understands the process. You don't have to hide it. You don't have to lie, cheat, and steal. You don't have to misrepresent anything. You can do good, honest business, and when you do it that way, so you don't have to panic about things, because the seller knows, hey, man, he's got it under contract with me, and he's got a, a friend or somebody that he's going to assign that contract to. He's got another buyer that he's going to assign that contract to. That's cool. And people think, well, why would anybody agree to that? People agree to that all day long. All day long, they agree to that. So you can do this, too. Just be honest. Don't have to hide. You don't have to hide the bushes. You're entitled to make a profit. So that said, we've got over getting on the airplane. We've starting to pull the offer or pull the pull the deal, pull the trigger, and write offers. And you got to ask yourself again: If you write this offer, what's the worst that could happen? Well, number one, the worst thing that could happen is the seller could say no. So if the seller is going to say no, write three offers, write four offers, give them some options. Okay, and we'll get into that in future episodes. The actual offer process. I'm going to break down. I'm going to do some podcasts specifically for buying and specifically for selling. I may even launch a new show just for that purpose or a couple different little shows uh, to give you guys some extra information. So you ask yourself, what do you have to lose? They could say no, they could say yes. And if they say yes, as long as you've been honest with them and you go into this being honest, then I know that you're going to get some no's in the process. And people are going to tell you you're crazy and you're smoking crack and this, that, and the other, not going to take your offer, whatever. Work it out. Have a conversation. I'd love to do that. However, Mr. Seller, the I'm going to rent this property, and, and I, the property won't rent for as much as I need it to make to cover this amount of debt. Have these conversations. So let's move on to my Belize trip again. Moving, Going back to my Belize trip, I was in, there I am in Placencia, Belize. I've chartered this sailboat. Now, this is one of these situations where my wife planned the whole trip, although we were chartering a boat. And the sidebar here, folks, I am a licensed captain. I carry a 100-ton U.S. Coast Guard uh, captain's license. Um, I've, I don't have any re real restrictions on my license. I can. I'm also a, what they call an able seaman with unlimited rating, which means I can steer a ship or work on deck on any ship anywhere in the world, no problem. I'm licensed everywhere in the in the everywhere in the world. 
So operating ships, boats, docking, none of that phases me in the least. I can do it in my sleep. I uh, used to run charter boats here in Tarpon Springs, both dive and fishing. I got tons of experience, thousands of days of sea time under my belt, right? So no big deal. Here I am in Belize. My wife booked the trip. She did a great job. Beautiful boat. We see this little sailboat. It's like a 37-foot uh, Beneteau with the moorings, which is down there in Belize. Cute, great little boat. Uh, no problem. I didn't really pay attention to the whole thing. I said, just book it. In her defense, she tried to put me in charge of the boat selection. I did not really pay attention. I was busy creating content for you fine folks. So I said, honey, just do it. And whatever you find is will be cool. And I'll work it out because, you know, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. What could go wrong? So I get to Belize. I did a little bit of preliminary research, looked at the charts. I did notice that I didn't see any channel markers, but I thought, well, it must be me. It must be the chart program that I bought. It, it, maybe I'm missing something. But down here in Florida... And pretty much everywhere else in the world, they have channel markers. Channels are marked. Uh, things are marked really well. The charts are accurate and uh, up to date. And apparently in Belize, that is not the case. Uh, not only are, are there not channel markers pretty much anywhere, but the charts are, they admit that our, they say, hey, welcome to Belize. Our charts suck. So you can hire, you can buy a chart from us and it'll tell you where to, Take your boat, but uh, they're not worth the paper they're printed on. We really have no idea how to how to chart these things. So I'm like, oh great. So I go to this uh, chart meeting with chart briefing with one of the captains there at the mornings, and and all of us are there, Katie and Chris and and Jill, and he's going. This guy's going through all the stuff, and, and I'm thinking, okay, go here, go there. He goes, but ignore this chart that I'm giving you, and instead, here, take a pencil. And it's like a hand-drawn chart. Not like it's a NOAA raster chart or, or anything like that. It's a like a hand-drawn, they wrote it on a napkin, big sheet of paper type thing. He's like, okay, see that island? Yeah, put a big X through there. Don't go there. But instead, go and see this. Here, take a pencil and this little, draw a line like a big S and go this way. Now, there's no way to, I don't even know how to get to that point. Because remember, we're not on a chart. There's no Latin lawn. There's no latitude, longitude lines. There's no GPS headings. There's no nothing. It's basically, you know, you, you sail till you see the first pelican and you hang a left. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. And here I am in this charter boat. And then he proceeds to tell me that if you hit the reef, if you ground the boat, and the reef is like the whole country pretty much is a reef, if you run aground, first of all, we need you to report it because if you don't, it's a big problem. And if you do report it, the minimum fine is something like $5,000 on up to like some ridiculous figure. I don't even know, 50 grand or something or other. It was just enough to make you pucker. But I'm thinking, oh, God, here we go. But being the jackass that I am, I decided that I'm not going to, I don't need to hire a Belizean captain. I am Captain Tyler. I am a former Viking fleet captain. That's a, a, a badge of honor in, in, my, in the fishing community. So I'm going to, I'm a Viking captain. I can handle this. So I get in the boat. We all get in the boat. We spend the night in the boat. We head out the next morning. Off I go out of the blue sunset. Get out to this first, what they call a atoll or K. Uh, it it's, looks like the word K, K-A-Y-E, but it's pronounced key. Anyway, I get out there. No problem. Let me dig out these quote unquote charts. Ha ha. The cruising guide that I had borrowed. Let me go through this information, find out where I'm going to go next. Total clueless. I'm like, oh God, here we go. So I'm looking at these quote unquote charts and I, everywhere we're going to go, everywhere the guy said to go is basically like, 
Yeah, look for uh, a crab and make a left of the pelican and then go 40 miles this way and then go right. But if you miss it by eight feet, you're going to slam into the coral rocks. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. So I made the decision the next morning. I'm like, you know what? I'm supposed to be on vacation. Here I am literally sweating it out. I'm like, oh, God, it's, you know, it's hot. I didn't sleep real good last night. I've forgotten what it's like to be out in a boat off the electric. You know, I've gotten lazy in, in my old age, and I've, I'm, I'm used to sleep out on the boat all the time. I lived on a sailboat for six years. I loved it. I've owned big sailboats. I've loved them. I'm going to get another one maybe someday. Who knows? Anyway, our fridge died. Forgot to tell you that. Fridge died, and uh, food was going rotten, so that's great. The good news is the Moorings Rocks, they're awesome. They sent a mechanic out to fix the fridge, and they literally brought him out by a boat. He came out about a four-hour ride and uh, fixed the fridge while we were on the on the anchor. And then I decided to go ahead and hire a captain. But initially, I didn't hire the captain because I didn't want to spend the money. And I was too proud. I thought, well, it's, I figured it's going to cost a fortune, right? Because when I was a captain, I charged three three fifty a day to captain somebody else's boat on average. And if I, if I could get more, I would charge more. So I figured, well, $350 a day, that's a, that's a lot of money for something I can do myself. I know what I'm doing. I am a licensed captain. How hard could this be? I know it's been, oh, I don't know, four years since I've been on anything but my kayak. Uh, but, you know, it can't be that. It's like riding a bike, right? What's wrong? Long story short, I bucked up and I decided after intense research, I decided to go ahead and hire a local guide, local captain. His name is Jeremy. Great guy. He came out to the boat and it was funny. We found out later that they didn't tell him it was a single hull, a monohull sailboat. He thought he was coming out to one of these big moorings, 49, 50 foot catamarans that are all decked out with all the bells and whistles. Yeah, not so much. So he was actually resistant of even taking the gig after he rode out there in a little boat. He was a little resistant. But he saw I got excited because like, oh, dude, you got a spear gun. He's like, you you fish? I'm like, oh, yeah, I love to fish. So he's like, all right, I'm in. So he decided to come with us and uh, off we went. And I got to tell you, the rest of the trip was unbelievable. If you ever get the chance to go to Belize and you're going to go on the water first, hire a captain. Hire Jeremy. He's one of the, the few captains there in uh, southern Belize that's uh, available for hire through the moorings. And it, it's an, it was an amazing time. We just with a guide I've learned in Belize, you can see all kinds of things that you wouldn't be able to see if you were by yourself on a boat. You get to go to different places. So great trip. I highly recommend it. And I will be going back soon because, ladies and gentlemen, the investment opportunities in Belize are amazing. So those of you that have reached out to me to invest with our fund, the Cashflow Guys Equity Fund, make another appointment because I've got some new opportunities that are going to be coming soon. And we've got to make sure we have a conversation about that. So I've been doing some fact finding. I'll be going back down there again, hopefully in a few months to uh, look at some more opportunities. And uh, you need to get back on the phone with me again if you want to pull the trigger on some of our upcoming opportunities. So, that said, the end result is by hiring a captain, I was able to relax, folks. I had the time to just sit back and relax. I watched what the captain was doing. Not that I would do it myself again because I appreciated the opportunity I had to not be responsible for anything. I was just a passenger. And I thought that was awesome. I didn't have to be in charge. I had time to learn. I was reading uh, Russell Brunson's book about uh, expert secrets. And I was reading another book uh, called The Go-Giver. And just took a great opportunity to reflect. I was reading uh, 
part of, I took along some of uh, Larry Harbolt's materials from his uh, Never Step Into a Bank program. The guy gives you so much information. I still haven't finished everything in the course, every bit of it. So I took a lot of the stuff that I didn't, hadn't got to yet, negotiating tactics and things like that, that Larry puts out. And I brought those with me on the vacation so that I could, you know, refine my skills and, and get better and better at what I do. So I thought it was awesome that I had that time to reflect. So end of the story, guys, it, it only wound up costing me 150 bucks a day. And I figured it was going to cost me three, four times that. And here's another thing, you know, I was out in the island. One of the, one of the days we're on the trip, I'm out in the island and, and I, sometimes that when I eat pancakes with syrup, I get a sugar, my sugar drops anyway. And I get a little scatterbrain. So long story short, that happened because, you know, I know I'm not supposed to eat pancakes with syrup, but I do it anyway because I love pancakes, whatever. So I do that and I accidentally leave my wallet on this little island called, I think it was Hatchet K. But anyway, I left my my wallet on this island and it's a resort, but it's a very, it's a Belizean resort. So it's not like it's the Taj Mahal. It's still really, really cool. But it's a resort for like, I don't know, 15, 20 people. And I left my wallet on this island with the locals that were there and they're all, they're running around the island, the workers and all that. And, and never do I carry cash. I just never carry cash. It's not something I do. But um, that particular time I had the cap. They said to make sure you've got plenty of cash because credit card machines don't work everywhere in Belize. So I made sure that I had a couple thousand dollars in cash. And I had at that time had a thousand dollars in cash. I don't know, about 1200 bucks in cash in my wallet. What do I do? Like an idiot, I leave it on the island. So I'm immediately thinking, ah, oh, great, man. Someone's going to make off my grand with my thousand bucks. That just sucks. And I start getting bummed out. See, I doubted humanity for a minute. And the captain was like, Jeremy's like, oh, that's okay, man. He goes, I know people there. He goes, I know everybody. He says, I call them and tell them to look for it. They'll find your wallet. So I tore the boat apart trying to find it. Couldn't find it. Had my ID, my driver's license, my concealed weapons permit, everything under the sun, all my credit cards, everything was in my wallet. All I have left, fortunately, was my passport. So at least I could leave the country, but I didn't have any, <laughs> didn't have any of my credit cards, my ID. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I don't want to go through changing all this stuff. Long story short, we get back to base and he gets them on the phone, reaches out to them uh, via, I think it was VHF radio. And lo and behold, one of the workers found my wallet and turned it in. They sent a boat to the mainland to bring me my wallet. And that's like a four hour ride, guys, uh, in a boat. And they brought me my wallet. And guess how much money was left in it? All of it. Every penny was in the wallet, which is good because not only did I pay a really healthy reward to the guy that turned it in for being honest, because I do believe in that, but I also made, that was the pay for the captain. So I was able to pay the captain and I gave the captain a, an, an amazing tip because he was worth every penny. I mean, he was literally spearing hogfish and you name it. So we ate fresh seafood every night. It was just unbelievable. But there you have it, folks. You know, he, I doubted that people would do the right thing. I, I, I shouldn't have done that because I was proven wrong. Not only did my wallet get picked up by a total stranger, it had over a thousand dollars cash in it, which in Belizean dollars, it's two to one. So, but the, to them, it would be like 2,400 bucks, twice as much. That's what some people make in several months. That's six months pay in Belize sometimes. 
And they still made sure they brought that wallet to me. Not only did they turn it in, but they brought it to me. I mean, that's mind-blowing, guys. So I do have faith in humanity. Again, it's been restored. Belize rocks. Try it. So I had some time to relax, some time to learn, some time to reflect. And here's one of the most important things I did to get my head straight is I unplugged completely from electronics. In other words, there was no Facebook. There was no email. There was no text message. There was no nothing. I simply unplugged for an entire week. Ladies and gentlemen, I highly recommend it. Even for those of you that think you can't unplug, I highly suggest you try. Because there was a world before Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and all the other ridiculousness. Instead, I spent time having great conversations with great people. Chris and Katie and our our captain, Jeremy, my wife, Jill, the people that we met on the islands. You could just have great conversations with people because I didn't have a cell phone in my hand. Nothing was ringing or distracting me. There were no alarm clocks. It was absolutely amazing. And you know what the best part was, folks? After I had an entire week to reflect, an entire week to, to unplug, an entire week to not think about what I'm afraid of. Instead, focus on how I'm going to better myself, how I'm going to provide more value to the marketplace, and how I'm going to get over even the fears that I have. The ride home was uneventful. I was relaxed. I had a good, I actually enjoyed the flight. Not going to say that I've necessarily gotten over my fear of flying, but I can tell you it's greatly reduced. And that's because I took the time when I was in Belize to learn some lessons myself. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I bid you a great week and I will catch you on the next episode. If you have not, if you are new to listening to the Cashflow Guys podcast, you have not, and you have not joined our Facebook community. Go to cashflowguys.com forward slash group. That will get you over to our Facebook community. And if you have not taken advantage of our $20 intro course, this is be the last time, guys. We're doing it at an all-time low price. You're going to have to move quickly because probably by the time you hear this, the price will already be up. But cashflowguys.com forward slash my first deal. Cashflowguys.com forward slash my first deal. That will get you to... The you'll hear about my first no money down deal and give you the opportunity to opt into the cash flow blueprint course. That is the basic entry level course to get started in real estate investing. Thank you very much and have a great week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.